HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Enjoy food the way nature intended. Alaska Seafood, wild, natural, and sustainable. For more information, visit wildalaskaseafood.com. Hey, thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. This is Katie, HRN Executive Director, and I'm so excited to share with you our coverage from the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. We are here live today at Charleston Wine and Food. Join us as we talk all things food, Come to Charleston, eat some seafood. Eat all of the seafood. Chicken fried chicken with chorizo steak and salsa verde mashed potatoes. So quintessentially like Southern fare at its finest. And have important conversations. We're also talking about professional women in restaurants and how underrepresented they are. People of color in restaurants and how they're not talked about. We get real with Food Network's Manit Chohan. Balance is BS. Uh, I, I, I was, yeah, I was told that uh, I wasn't going to be bleeped out. And find out about raising sugarcane with Chef Sean Brock. It's like being Indiana Jones or something. You never know what you're going to find. You'll come away inspired by the power of food and the food scene in Charleston. Here's Dr. Jessica B. Harris. Food is constantly in flux. Food is always moving. Food is the only real lingua franca that we have that allows us to connect with other folks. So tune in to Heritage Radio Network on tour at heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you get your podcasts. You can't go wrong. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern Teague. Hey, bud. How you been? Dude, I'm really, you know what, I, I know this is breaking the rules and everything, but I, I'm really, I almost put that hat on. Uh, you've got your postal hat. It's not against the rules. Other people have worn it. No, no, no. I mean, oh, okay. the weather-wise. Oh, okay. Because what is, what is your rule with your, your post, postal carrier hat? The rule is I don't three, put it on days. until we have three days of consecutive sub-freezing temperatures. But then the rules of taking it off change every year because the weather's so fucked up. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up today. It's really rainy. Yeah, I walked out of my house and it was cool enough and rainy. I was like, well, I'm going to put my hat back on. It's supposed to like snow this weekend too? Twice, apparently. Uh, supposed to snow two days in a row. <laughs> and it snowed two days ago. What are we doing and here? And then man? the next day, the, <laughs> it was totally gone. It's unreal. Yeah. We've, we've, broken, uh, yes, we've broken the weather. <laughs> we broke it. That's a new one. Yeah, that, yeah nice one, Dave. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> the howling. Don't, I'm always don't prepared get used to, to be you guys. The howling, yeah, I always have to be ready. <laughs> the howling crowd out there. Yeah, I don't want to hear that ever again. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, so, what have you been up to this past week? Man, we did a menu flip for spring. Hell yeah! Well, <laughs> anticipa- anticipatory of Can't spring see to the come. Air quotes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we've got a new menu at Grand Army, and uh, you always do a theme menu. What's the theme? I'm not going to tell you. You have to come find out. Oh, come on. We're doing My Little Ponies. <laughs> <laughs> the best. Best just names a, ever. Just a crap ton of glitter everywhere. There's so much glitter. It's crazy. It's just a bunch of like tattooed, bearded dudes making glittery Right. Your bar drinks. is all male right now. It is. You know? And I, I, I find that to be unsettling. Yeah. Not only because like I'm hanging out with a bunch of dudes, but like I, it's just not... Uh, it's crazy. They're, like, I, where where are all the like female bartenders? In Sometimes it just happens that way, you know. I, I know it goes up and down because, like, I've definitely had like like a very female heavy bar team before in the past. But like, I think but right now like, it's a lot of beards and a lot of tattoos. A lot of beards and tattoos, man. It's crazy. 
I will. I, I like. I don't know. I mean, at least everyone's still making really great drinks. You know. And My Little Pony themed. How's it going over? Maybe that's the. Yeah, I do. I, it's it's maybe the the kind of most ridiculous theme that we've had so far. Um, and it's well, you really, did all pink last year for spring. The all pink drink was uh, all pink drinks menu was two springs ago. Oh, okay, and that was more of a social experiment that I wanted to do for a long time, just to like see how what <laughs> did you collect find. data. Yeah, I did, and it was actually <laughs> it was quite fascinating um, to uh, you know see how people reacted to pink drinks and like what the perception of a pink drink is. You know, people would think they were like sweet or fruity. And, you know, when you think about what classically can make a drink pink or, or red, like in, anywhere in that, like, bitter uh, part of it's, it's, they're all bitters, like yeah. Angostura, Peugeot's, Aperol, Campari, you know, any kind of like Aperitivo, like it's all, they're all bitters. And, uh, you know, it, that, but that's stuff that you can get from a bottle, at least. Sure. Of course, you've got like things like grenadine, but, you know, if you think, if you're thinking back in the day, it's like, that's not something that you'd be pulling from like a bottle. You were making that. And mm-hmm. then, you know, and then obviously like different red fruits. But like if you're pulling it from a bottle, it was it was all bitter. Right. You know, so. so somehow we flipped the script on pink drinks. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, it was a really fun experiment. But now uh, it's My Little Pony. Yeah. Now we're doing that. So. Is your, are you making everybody who has long hair wear ponytails? No. Um, uh, that they, that add to the theme, I think. There are three of us who that could have do long it? hair. Uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's mostly... Uh, you're just like covered in glitter by the end of the night, which is pretty funny. You look, you look like you've gone to a. Race. Do you have all that edible glitter? I've never yeah, actually yeah, seen exactly. that stuff. Uh, Katie Stipe was the one who turned me onto it, and like uh, about a year ago, and uh, it's a shitload of fun, man. <laughs> 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 but it gets everywhere. It's amazing. They make a spray. There's like an edible, uh, like spray paint. They come in little bottles, uh, little cans, like spray paint cans, and you know they're for doing like airbrushing on like wedding cakes and shit. Right. So like, you know, you can like do a really cool like rims on glassware and like there's some cool stuff you can do is like glitter man it's the new clean up, uh clean up sounds like a nightmare <laughs> clean up sounds like a nightmare yeah what about you what's been going on uh let's see not a whole lot really uh it, it, at, at face value but a lot at the same time um we are moving forward with a new space uh on yeah. clinton street down in the lower east side um it's probably who's be we <clears throat> me and uh pierre moulin who is the owner of the french diner uh, Pierre Malone. Malone means windmill in French, so we're calling this new space the windmill. Yeah. Or, well, more more pointedly, just windmill. Cool. Going to do some French-inspired uh, snacks and some classic cocktails. Small space. It's going to be fun. Open until 2 a.m. We, we'll know for sure after April 9th. That's the uh, community board meeting. But if it happens, then we're opening on June 5th. Boom. Fast. Wow. That's uh, just in time for my birthday. Yes. Of course. Well, that's why. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for thinking of me. Of course. Well, speaking of French inspired, there's a bottle of champagne on the table here. There is. And we've got a couple guests here. Why don't you introduce them for us? Sure. Well, our guest today is Steva Casey, all the way in from Birmingham, Alabama. She brought us a bottle of Perrier Joet to sip on while we have the show. Hey, Steva. Welcome to the studio. Hi. Glad to have you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Sitting in and maybe chiming in, we've got Greg Benson. Uh, Greg Benson lives here in New York City. He's got a podcast of his own. Which you've probably listened to called uh, uh, Raising the Bar. Wait, what is it again? Bar None. Bar None. Sorry, yeah, I got yeah. confused with Raising the Bar. But it's Bar None podcast, which is really cool, where you guys dig into like the history of cocktails and then uh, line them up to uh, history that's going on at that same time, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's sort of, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a sociology thing more than anything else, kind of looking at like why. Why is the martini sort of a Mad Men era thing, and why is like the aviation kind of you know a perfect partnership for the internet age? So it's, oh, it's like taking the you know the people watching of like working in a bar, being in a bar, and just being like, why is that person having that drink, and just kind of really diving into it for forty five minutes. Yeah, and giving it a historical context. It's a great show. I've been I've been a guest on that show before. Oh, thanks, guys. I listened to your episode. Oh, well, thanks. Didn't suck. Well, all right. That, that was our goal going into it. That was our goal. Well, Greg's here only because he he's uh, he's taken a, a an unexpected break from work. He uh, uh, did some damage to his left hand and can't work right now. So yeah, now a bicycle was, accident. That's yeah. familiar. Southern's old nemesis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the bikes you guys. coming out to haunt us. Listen, I'm yeah. getting back on my bike, and my bike, my new bike, by the way, is a Frenette Bronca bike. I, what? Yeah. I don't know if I told you that. They sent me a bike. They were like, "Did you get a new bike yet?" And I was like, "No." And they're like, "On the way." Well, thank you for. So that all you got to do is. Thanks for uh, break your arm really badly, and Fernet will send you a free. Are they going to send us a yeah. bottle for the bar? And now we're going to get a bottle for the bar. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm certain of it. Somebody out there is listening. Um, um, <laughs> you guys, Steve, you guys need to get like uh, I don't know, 
Fernet Branca helmets or something. I don't. They... <laughs> yeah, can they give you pads? Yeah, yeah that'd probably be more helpful, but. The helmet wouldn't help me at all. I had my helmet with me when I was hit by a car. You had it I with just, you. I didn't have it on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the other thing is, is like when you get like I've broken my hand so many times falling off a bike because instinctively when you go over the handlebars, you just put your hands out. So it's like everybody is always like, were you wearing your helmet? I'm like, yeah, but my head was fine. It's the only thing that like doesn't make contact with the road. You just sort of roll. Yeah, you need yeah, to get some wrist guards. Yeah. For so, Steve, you're in town from <laughs> in town. Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, what Birmingham. are you doing? Town? I used to live in, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, in the deep My old boss south. lives there. Yeah, from there. Yeah, Linnell Smothers. Oh, that's right. She's down there too. Uh, she she has she reopened her store. She has not opened yet, but it is coming very soon. I feel like that's what she says every time I see her, and yeah, it's been exactly. years. <laughs> you know, <laughs> takes it's time. A process. Things move slowly. Uh, but you live down in Birmingham, Alabama. You tend a bar at Atomic. I do. Talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about Atomic Bar, and then actually we're going to back up past that. But what are you, what are you doing at Atomic right now? I bartend. Friday and Saturday, at a, it's Atomic Lounge, technically. But Ooh, yeah. lounge. I know, it's very fancy. Wow. It's, not, uh, it's a great bar. What's the vibe? The vibe, it looks like your grandmother's living room from 1974. That with wood awesome. paneling. And the owner's... Gold-rimmed glassware, crystal cut. Ooh. No? Uh, there's some crystal cut glassware. That, that, that's what my grandma's place looked yeah. like. <laughs> the owner's Faisal and Rachel... Oh, it's Faisal. Yeah, you met Faisal. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah from uh, uh, Collins. Yeah. Is he still involved in that one or no? No. Okay, cool. So I'm they open their that. own place. Uh, it's been open a little over a year. And when I always describe him, I describe him as a person who can make like 500 pieces of Instagrammable content in one space. <laughs> where every piece is an art piece. So the back bar is not <laughs> bottles. Obviously, there are bottles on the back bar, but they're obscured by this giant art piece that is a recreation of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. Oh, wow. Like the album cover? The album cover, and it's all Birmingham, Birmingham-related people. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so... That's cool. It's super cool, and the beneath it, where it would say the Beatles, it says Birmingham and Roses. Uh. And so then that part like flips up, and that obscures the, the back bar. Cool. So yeah. every time you, is there like, it's just from like a functionality point, is is there like, is there an actual well in front of you or there do you is. have to pull from back there? There is. Okay, cool. But you still pull from back there. Yeah. But like all your menu drink bottles are, are in front, oh, of, in front you. of you. Yeah. I think this is pretty common practice these days. Ticonderoga Club in Atlanta doesn't show any bottles. Drink in Boston has never shown any never bottles. Shown like I kind of like it. You, At Amore, we never put any branded names on the menu. You can see all the bottles, but yeah. nothing on the menu says who it is. People have well, to ask. Well, you know, okay, so that's, let's talk about that for a second, because... I, I'm going to pop this bottle of PJ. Yeah, <laughs> pop that bottle Please of PJ. Do. I was going to suggest the same it's thing. It's only getting warmer. Right? <laughs> I'm only getting thirstier. <laughs> Go on with your story. Well, that's not a story. <laughs> but it's a question. Like, as far as branded menus go... You don't name the brand of the base spirit, but like things like Campari, what do you do? You, you say Campari. So like uh, things like Chartreuse, you got to say Chartreuse. Right. You could. You don't you, say like an French herbal liqueur. Alpine herbal yeah. liqueur. <laughs> now on so Amore's menu, oh yeah, that's the that sound that launched that a thousand was a very, ships. That was a very classy oh, pop. You know, this face is made for radio, so I'm gonna <laughs> make it sound sexy. Somehow. That's what my mom tells me. <laughs> oh, Zing. quick with the. Man, the rim shot. How many um, coffees have you had today, Dave? Well, he was drinking Fernet when I came in. Oh, well, same thing. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, so at Amore, what we do is we don't list any of the spirits on the menu. We list all the Amari and all the bitters Thanks, Steven. by mm-hmm. name and by brand. But I don't care to list you know, my spirits because that's not what we focus on. So that's the only reason we do it there. Well, um, that makes sense for you, yeah. I for, guess. for my bar, it makes sense. But... You're right. Uh, I think it's um, un impo- it's un- impossible to just say, uh, you know, uh, uh, gin, sweet vermouth, and amaro is what you'd have to say to, to list your Negroni, and that would sound weird or aperitif. That would just sound like everybody would know. Everybody who knows would know. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah. It's, a, it's a rabbit hole we can go down at another time. Yeah, I guess. We Let's should. talk about <laughs> Steva Casey, who's all the way here from Birmingham, Alabama. So, Steva. You let's back up a little. I jumped right into what you're doing now, but usually sure. we start with what you've been doing. What, how did you get to where you are in this field, and what 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 drove you to do it been in the first doing place? Many things. Yeah, and let's say hello with cheers this. To oh, yeah. you. Cheers to some. Cheers salute. to you, friends. Yes, I'm drinking out of jelly jars. Feel like I'm at home. <laughs> yep. Hmm. 
So, oh, thanks for bringing that in. It's great. Mm-hmm. Very celebratory. Uh, so what? So what? You know, led you to the path to where you are now. Where do you want me to start? I mean, don't give me uh. your whole CV. <laughs> but like, how did you get into the bar business? What What led you behind a bar? What you know? Bring I've us up to speed. I've been in the service business for about twenty years. Yeah. And when I started waiting tables, I was like nineteen. Here I need to pay some bills. I'll start waiting tables. Hmm. My first restaurant, my first fine dining job was, my first restaurant job was at a 24-hour Lebanese restaurant. In Birmingham? In Birmingham. A 24-hour Lebanese restaurant. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Who was the clientele there? Late night cab drivers? Well, I mean, you know, Birmingham has 24-hour bars. What? What? That's right. I I, I forget that. That is a thing I forget all the time. Yeah, mind blown. (laughs) Mind blown. The fuck is seriously? Yeah. What are we doing here, man? I, don't know. I mean, you know, every time somebody's like, "I feel like I should come to Birmingham," I say, "It's your business that you haven't been there yet, because we have twenty-four hour bars. This two a.m. shit's for the fucking birds, as far as I'm concerned." That's yeah. what I thought in Oklahoma, and then I moved here, and it's like four o'clock in the morning. Well, what's the bar? I have a. It's in my wallet. I think I have a membership to Marty's, right? Marty's and Marty's they serve food, but they don't even start serving food until eleven o'clock at night. Marty's greatest concept ever. Uh, they <laughs> begin serving food at 11 p.m. Yeah. They stop serving food at 5 a.m. Yes. The bar, I hope you know I'm air quoting, closes at 6. <laughs> yeah. But in Birmingham, if you have a club license, you set your own hours. So theoretically, you can be 24 hours because you set your own hours. Hmm. So you don't have a hard close. Other bars, you have to close at 2 a.m. on Saturday. Right, blue law. Because blue law. Uh, no, no drinking on you know, Sunday. Technically, mm. you got to sober up before you go to church. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, so th- is it the same kind of? I just like from a, a, a owner manager like side, like, wh- like is it like the kind of the same uh, idea as like uh, New Orleans bars, like where like maybe you close for an hour and like just do a hard clean for an hour and then I mean, you reopen. Some that are like that. Or do you just never clean anything? <laughs> and there are also some like that. <laughs> I was. I want to visit those. I was talking to a friend last night who lives here now that used to live in Birmingham, and we were talking about one of our favorite bars. That's a twenty-four hour gay bar that technically is called the Quest, but you know I call that thing nasty bar. Nasty bar, because <laughs> it has not been cleaned in probably twenty years. <laughs> twenty years Dude. of continuous three three hundred sixty-five days a year, twenty-four hour a day service. Unreal. How, yeah. It's like, I, I'm trying to do, like, I'm trying to write the schedule right now in my head. You gotta you know? have, like, a, there's gotta be at least a monthly, like, okay, it's every third, you know, every third Tuesday. I like to imagine on, like, Christmas Day, they just shut, shut it down and power hose the entire <laughs> thing. Just exactly. like, there yeah. you go. Let it dry. It's fine. It's wearing a a, good wash, for another yeah. year. Like wearing a Santa suit. <laughs> I mean, just to sell it. That's, that's decently apt. All right, so you're at this 24-hour-a-day Lebanese restaurant. Mm-hmm. That was actually the bigger shocker to me. There's a Lebanese restaurant in, in Birmingham <laughs> that does enough business to stay open 24 hours a day. Our, <laughs> our baseline immigrant population during, like, Industrial Revolution was Lebanese and Greek and Irish immigrants hmm. because, of the, because we're a steel city. That's yeah, right. There's also... It's right on the Gulf, too. We're about four hours from the Gulf. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What am I thinking of? Uh, oh, you're thinking, thinking of Mobile. New Orleans. <laughs> and, yeah, New Orleans. So, yeah, most of our immigrant population is Lebanese. and Are they known for making steel? I don't know. Uh, well, either way, so there's where you got your start. Mm-hmm. What got you, what moved you along to get to being, you know, the drinks maven that you are today. Oh, that's nice. Uh, my first... <laughs> it's very sweet of you. I'll get you drunk first. That's why I'm saying those nice things. Uh, my first uh, fine dining job was at a French restaurant. And I learned a lot about wine there. And then as I moved through my restaurant career, I essentially began to do the wine program at every place where I worked. And eventually, I worked at a restaurant where they said, okay, if you're going to do the wine list, you also need to run the bar. So, it's 2007, 6, 7. 
I essentially read a lot of books, taught myself how to bartend. So shook some Manhattans. Yeah, shook some sure. Manhattans. Yeah, you know. shook the shit out of them. Yeah. Hell yeah, why not? <laughs> hey, Wondrich prefers his Manhattan shaking. Well, he also, he also loves the Tombstone cocktail, which is actually really, a, it's a very cool cocktail. It's an old-fashioned, just shaking, you shake the shit out of it. Right? There's no bitters, it's just a ton of nutmeg on top. I agree with that. It's good. Um, so you you focused on wine first, and then you started moving into cocktails. Yeah. Was that, and this was in Birmingham, and yeah. this was in, like, what year you said, 2000? I was dedicated behind a bar after 2008. Yeah. So, so this is like kind of around the same time that a lot of stuff was starting to happen here. Like, you know, ninety nine to two thousand six, I was definitely running restaurants, doing wine yeah. lists. Yeah. But as far as like your uh, transition and like cocktails and bartending, like, was, I don't know. Like to me, I moved here in like two thousand six, and that I could see like it was just starting to bubble up. You know, like cocktail bars and stuff. So like, you know, that's to me that's the coolest thing about uh, the our like cocktail renaissance is like a lot of stuff kind of happened at the same time based on the fact that we have shared information with books and, and right. Uh, collective and, subconscious books and the internet all right, yeah. kind of came together at one time. Yeah. So yeah, me being from Oklahoma, it's like I was like collecting cocktail books when I was like from a very young age. And then whenever I started bartending, he's always embarrassed to say it was 12. He was 12. <laughs> was 12. I'm not making a joke. It's the truth. But the thing is like, when you know the internet comes around and like the cocktail really starts starts happening, you know, that's kind of like I don't know. It, it's, it's I always say this, and it sounds really cheesy, but what a great time to be a bartender! You know? Oh yeah, of course. Like we're 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 right at the striking point, basically. Yeah. So you just you got in there and you started doing it, and uh, you had this wine background, so it must have been really easy for you to understand like flavor pairings and for and, sure, yeah, yeah. So an easy transition, relatively easy transition from being basically a psalm or a builder of, of wine yeah. lists into self-taught, get behind the bar, make a program that works for the place where you're at, right. and move forward. Right. And that's going to bring us close to where we are now. We're going to talk about you more when we come back from the break. Sure. We'll take a quick break and hear from our sponsors here at Heritage Radio Network. Join us in a sec. Think about what it takes to swim a coastline longer than the entire eastern seaboard and leap tall waterfalls in a single bound. What does it take to survive 200 feet deep in icy salt water. What would you be made of? Wild Alaska seafood is made of tight muscle mass, long chain omega-3s, and incredible micronutrients. It matters where your food comes from. Experience the flavor of the fittest in every bite and enjoy food the way nature intended. Alaska seafood, wild, natural, and sustainable. Ask for Alaska on the menu, grocery store, or smart device. For more information, visit wildalaskaseafood.com. And we are back. You're listening to The Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. Um, we just re-upped our champagne in the studio with right. Steve. Right. Because, uh, yeah, because Souther spilled half of his, man. What the hell are you doing <laughs> over there? Like You're not the one that's wearing the cast anymore. Some, yeah. <laughs> just pouring some out for my homies who couldn't be here. Well... Like the, we well, got a full house. Well. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. So you get behind a bar. Yep. You're sort of forced, right? You're told, sort like, of, yeah. we want you for this job, but in, in order to have this job that you wanted, you had to do this other job, too. Right. That's kind of the, what, what I took from what you just said. But then that sparked something, obviously, because you, you pursued it. I don't, I don't hear you often talk about wine anymore. <laughs> I talk about wine all the time. Do you? Yeah. Well, I must not be part of those combos. You don't want to drink it. It's not true. I drink it like water. Everybody knows wine's my like, like kryptonite. Sparkling water. <laughs> I just I have to like really gauge myself because because you'll pour it eight, on the table. Well, a little bit of that too. All right, everybody <laughs> made fun of me enough for that. Um, <laughs> because for eighteen years I haven't had I haven't all I drink is water and alcohol. A lot of people know that about me um, for eighteen years. But wine is a danger to me because when I drink wine, it tastes like juice, and I just pound it accidentally. I will burn through a bottle That's of fair. wine as fast as you'll oh, burn man. through a bottle of San Pellegrino. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh my god, this is so delicious. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it is myself. juice. It is juice. <laughs> it's all wine. just juice. I just went to Champagne for a week. Nice. nice. In January, yeah. 
So let's okay. We're getting ahead of ourselves. I want to talk a little bit more about what <laughs> it is you do. I want to talk about champagne. I want to talk about what you do <laughs> now. Southern, shut the fuck up. Let's talk about champagne. Well, I want to talk about what you do now, fun. and then I want to talk about how that all leads to you traveling all over the damn world, which you do. And I'm super jealous, but I live I vicariously through your Thank Instagram you. feed. I make it look fun on the internet. You know, that's what we all do. Uh, look, everything is perfect. That's what we're all my, crying. That's pretty much inside. what my Instagram <laughs> says to the world. Everything is perfect. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, so let's talk about you, you. You took that job, and obviously you took many other jobs behind the bars yes. uh, all over Birmingham, Alabama. Yes. But how did you? So now let's talk about what you do now. Now you work for Offsite, which is our buddy Nick Corn. I do. I do some projects with them. One major one, right? One major one's called International Cocktail Karaoke. International Ooh. Cocktail Karaoke. Talk to us about that real fast. Sponsored by Patron. So it's a Patron-sponsored event. Last year we went to nine. Well, technically we were supposed to go to nine, but because of, we could not go to Puerto Rico because mm. of the hurricane. So mm. we went to eight cities. We are going to six cities this year. They will go to one without me <gasps> because... They are doing, or we are doing Calgary while I'll be at Tiki by the Sea. Which you also do. Well, let's talk about karaoke first. Yep. So karaoke is, it's exactly what it sounds like, but it's a competition. It's so hilarious. It I is. judged one. One of the first ones, I think. Yeah. So tell so, us what it is. I'll explain the premise to you. So say the four of us were on a team together. Like we are right now. We are like right we now. Are. We're on the champagne drinking and radio <laughs> team. We would choose a song and, choose a, and create a cocktail. And they would compliment one another, and at least one to two people would make a drink while the other people sang the song at the same time. Yeah. It gets crazy, though. And they put on costumes. It's very fun. Uh, the the, the one cos- I judged... cosplay there, involved? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one I judged, there were there was a team up on stage that was wearing... Uh, were they wearing roller skates or roller blades? I don't know. But they were doing oh, this they were incredibly, blades, yeah. incredibly choreographed, crazy dance moves while singing, lip syncing a karaoke song. Or, or no, they're singing. They're, they're singing, singing the karaoke yeah, song. Yeah, there's no lip syncing. Sorry, yeah, the music's playing and they're actually singing while there was four of them on stage and the other two were making the drink. They were also on rollerblades in costume. It's incredible. And then the judging is based on kind of not the cocktail, really. <laughs> what, was, what was the song? I can't remember. Were you transfixed by the I was the, transfixed the, by the it all. Also, also, let's not forget... <laughs> I was certainly drinking a lot. And this is also maybe two years well, ago. Yeah, because well, karaoke was involved. Well, yeah. Fair amount of Patron. There's no such thing as sober karaoke. But Patron the judge flows freely. The judging at that time, is it still the same? There's three major points there to the judging. There are three judges. I was the cocktail judge, which meant I was the least important judge in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> then there was... We have a, a fabulous judge. Fabulous. Which at the one I was at was a local drag, drag queen. queen. It's always it a drag a, okay, queen. it's always a drag queen. It's always a drag queen who it's just was judging on the costumes and the dancing our, and everything else. Our drag queen at cocktail karaoke that was here last November, her name is Alada McGriddles. Alada McGriddles. Wow, she's Irish. She was fantastic. <laughs> And then the final one is the, the like the musical the, judge. The musical, which when I was there it was Eric Trickett. Oh, he's a solid dude. Knows a lot about music. Yeah, we played some some songs on the show before. Oh, really? Yeah, he it, sings. Yeah, plays piano. Look at that. He's yeah. an accomplished musician. Little did I know. But what a fun thing this is! And you travel around from mm-hmm. city to city mm-hmm. internationally. They're doing Mexico and Canada mm-hmm. and the United States. That's three countries. That's 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 international. Uh, and it gets a lot of great response, right? Yeah, people I think so. Are, people are really into it. People have a really great time. It's a really fun event. What's the prize? The there, prize... Is it like one of those things where there is no prize? It's just you get to say I won? You get to say you won. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Why does everyone always need a prize? We don't, you know? I don't... I, you know, can't take it with you. I think the folks who are motivated and interested in doing something like that, they're already motivated and interested. Right? They don't. That is the prize. Getting up on stage and doing it. Is the prize, right. and you get a selfie with a lot of McGriddles. You know, it's just right. Like, what more do you <laughs> need right. than that? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, and then you also do Tiki by the Sea, which I also love. I've participated awesome. in that. Thank you. So talk about that. Tiki by the Sea is a bartender-focused tiki educational festival. So it's a three-day event that we. How many do. days do you have to be to be, become a festival? Is, I mean, there, I is feel, there a rule? I feel multi-day That's a is... a question for Dave. I think it's three. Two's as, a weekend. As Three's a festival. As the insurance that I've been researching and <laughs> securing, it's a festival. Yeah. 
Well, because they're staying on site. And yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to my first one. Uh, this one that's coming up. Yeah. Oh, rad. Are you do- are you doing anything or are you just going? Gonna hang out, man. <laughs> vibes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> always vibes. I'm gonna bring uh, some recording equipment from here. Oh Radio. yeah, hell yeah. Interview some folks. Sounds excellent. So talk to us about what Tiki by the Sea is and what it, what it tries to accomplish. So we want to educate bartenders about tiki culture. So we are doing two weekends this year. Who's we? Pete. You know Pete. I know Pete, but I'm I'm not asking for me. I'm asking for the audience that's listening. Fair. (laughs) Pete from Avoa Cachaca. Peter Nevanglaski. Yes. Who owns Avoa Cachaca. Started this festival in 2015, and I was brought on in 2016. You realized right away he needed help, (laughs) and you were the one to give it. It was very fortunate for both of us. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, So I went to, I think, the second one. Maybe I don't know. How, How many years have been going on? 15, this is our, starting in 15, 15, so, 16, 17, 18. Okay, so I went to the yeah. second one, I guess, because I wasn't at the first one for sure. Um, and it was a great experience. Uh, his family happens to own a small beachside hotel in Wildwood, mm-hmm. New Jersey, and they give it up to him for those Wildwood. three days. Wildwood. 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 No D. Wildwood. Yeah. Wildwood. Oh, did I, did I emphasize a D? No, you did it right. All right. Wildwood. <laughs> See, all of our southern accents are going to come out with Stephen. No, but it's, it's, it's <laughs> Wildwood, New it's Jersey. Wildwood. Uh, so it, it, they own a small hotel down there. It's got like 50 rooms. Uh, he crams a couple people in every room. And then there's this three-day festival. Yep. And we get to learn about tiki stuff. I went down and I cooked a whole pig. He did. I, uh, what did it ever do to you? Uh, Besides being delicious. It was delicious. That's what it did to me <laughs> after the fact. It was delicious. Um, yeah, we, uh, I was... Uh, uh, so this is the great thing about Tiki by Sea is it's sponsored by, or hosted, I guess, by Peter Navaglaski of Avoa Cachaca. But it's not about... Avoa specifically. No. In fact, they didn't even exist when the tiki culture was a big thing. So it's a cool educational experience that's that's not necessarily pointed at just the, the brand that's putting it on, which I think is important. So I was there actually representing Jägermeister at the time. I cooked a whole pig with a Jägermeister glaze. Awesome. Damn. Mahogany brown. That guy came out. Wow. It was um, delicious. And it was oh, delicious. Can I, can I just like interrupt you for a second? Okay, like, so when, you said when tiki culture was a thing. Do you think tiki culture back when it was original is bigger than it is now? Do I think it was bigger than it is now? Or more important or more focused? What do you think? Like as far as like hmm. like everything that's happening right now with like the modern tiki revival that has been happening from like I would say the like mid 80s when people started like that's when it was really culty to it's where it is now. It's a slippery slope because it's a thing that really wants to be not serious, but suddenly so many people take it seriously. They took it seriously back then. No, Dude, I don't know. About Trader Vic and, and he was Don the Beast secretive Kramer, about his they were recipes. Very secretive. Yeah. It, I, so what's the difference between secretive and, and serious? I don't I know. Mean, come on. It's one of those weird things where it's like you can like they're they're about you know kicking back and being lazy and having fun, but they're super serious about it. And I think right. that's kind of the fun. You can be pretty serious about right. tiki culture when you're like building like an empire of like. A chain of faux Polynesian restaurants, <laughs> yeah. and you're, you've got like, and this you're taking it pretty seriously. There's yeah. also two different sides of of that serious between the consumer, their level of seriousness about it, and trade and trade. Like, yeah, there are probably half a dozen to a dozen consumer events that happen throughout the country that are huge. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know the Hooky Lao, Hooky Lao, Tiki Oasis, mm-hmm. Luau on the Lake. Right, there's a lot of them, and those have been are purely consumer events. They've been happening forever without the influence of any kind of right. trade. But by chance, like eventually, like the industry starts getting involved with it because they're like, "Whoa, all right." But right. I feel like the, the industry, industry sees, a, in, sees a, a way to monetize things. Well, no, the industry gets involved because they're like, I'm talking like enthusiasts in the industry who are like, all Because right, they're tired is, of not having fun. Yeah, exactly. Wearing those goddamn vests all the time is not fun. <laughs> Thank right? you, Steve. Right. You can make a vest Steve pretty speaks. fun, but Steve, still. Steve, can you? Steve I just throw enough buttons on there. Enough buttons oh, that do you like, work at TGI Fridays? Yeah. <laughs> Love that flair, man. Yeah, man. 26 pieces, mandatory. <laughs> I wear 27 because, you know, I want to go above and beyond. Yeah. That extra mile. So, Tiki by the Sea happens now. This year, is, the, is this the first year it's going to happen twice? 
Yes. So it's going to happen two different weekends in Wildwood, New Jersey. Wildwood, Wildwood. yep. Wildwood. And I'm sure you're already booked. Is it booked? Well, people apply to go. You're right. It hasn't already So happened. applications have closed, but we have not announced attendees yet. Ah, so people, they don't know yet. They don't know who's going But yet. you know. Uh, Damon just said he's going. How does he know? I don't know if I'm going. Oh, you applied. I, t- I applied, okay. but I also put a, a, <laughs> a cocktail on my spring menu. Oh, I see. He's so like, that gives you a little. I'm going to guilt trip the shit out of Pete. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's crazy? I don't have a thing to do with that. I yeah. happen to know. If I don't go, man, I'm I'm pulling product from my bar. Well, saying. I happen to know. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. Yeah. That is not true now. You know that. That's right. No. I happen to have a buddy who has a house down there, because when I was down there, I stayed, whatever it was, two nights. Mm-hmm. I stayed one night at the hotel, but I stayed one night at my buddy's house who lives four blocks away, Chris Keach, uh, from Jägermeister. Him and his family randomly have a house down there, even though he lives out in San Diego. Whatever. So we could probably get your accommodations, and I'm certain you could show up. Um, and it's a great thing, and it's been going on now for this many years, and it's grown to have to have two weeks, and it grew last year to have to have, now that's also international, you do it in... We do it in Italy for European bartenders. Tiki by the Sea, Italy. So technically, I produced slash helped produce events in four different countries last year. Global juggernaut, Steve Casey, on the scene. Where in Italy is that one? It's in Virginia, which is about 30 minutes from Rome. Cool. And it's it's on the water. It's on the water. Similar situation, a little hotel, right on the water. We actually run a villa, but yeah. Awesome. Similar number of folks. Do, can I apply to that one? Yes. It's for European bartenders only. I've bartended in Italy several times. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I just did it two months ago. That's right. So I, if you want to get technical about it. For things. whom were you bartending? The Where? Cost, for the people, man. Where? <laughs> uh, I did a, I, a, lot, a lot of the different people. bars. In, uh, Damon Bolton, in, bartender uh, to the people. In Florence. Um, oh, in Florence. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Where? <laughs> we'll take this conversation. Yeah, we'll have offline. to do it offline. Uh, well, regardless, we can always crash the party. One of them was the dome. We can come skimboarding up that one. Uh, one was called Mad. Uh, oh, you, you, you. Wait, that bar Mad. is awesome. Yeah, that bar is really awesome. I did. Mad. The, the manager. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, no, no, I did. Uh, what's the one with the big retractable roof? Um, yeah, me. Just south of Duomo. Um, in Florence. Oh, it did Bar Fusion. Uh, and then also. Man, Man About Town. Locale. Locale. That place. Man, up, man About Town. Yeah, man. I fucking. I can fucking bartend in Italy. I can go tiki by the sea in Italy. Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm um, just going to show up. I'm going to do what Souther does. I'm going to call up one of my friends and just like. Crash your shit. Yeah, <laughs> crash nearby. I mean... What are you guys doing here? Yeah. Coincidence. What? Yeah. You'll be <laughs> washing a lot of dishes. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. I'll put you to work now. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I'm used to it. That's your job, right? So you coordinate all of everything. I put people to work. How does it... So, okay, as a as the, the guest, I have to apply. But how mm-hmm. do you wrangle in and what sort of uh, programming do you put on? Like last when I was there, Brother Cleve gave a talk about sort of the history of Tiki. It was sort of the opening talk, basically. We do. Martin Kate was seminars. there. He gave a cool yep. talk. Somebody was there talking about blending drinks, which was awesome. Yeah, we do ten seminars. It's twenty four events within three days. Ten of which are seminars, and then fourteen breakfast, lunch, dinner, pool party, pirate boating, tiki tour. Yeah. Boardwalk amusement ride night. Oh yeah. <laughs> that didn't work out so great my trip <laughs> we were, a group that I was with got asked to leave I had nothing to do with it <laughs> for the first time ever I had nothing to do with it um, but it was a great time uh, and you get you, you book it out every single time it's full every time so much so you had to add a second one and I'm sure that'll fill mm-hmm. as well because it's only like I said it's like 100 people right right we do I Pete and I had a long talk about it and we decided rather than expanding to 100 people in one weekend, we would expand to two weekends and 50 people each time. So it's essentially not to dilute the experience. Oh, I'm wrong. It's only 50 people. It's 50 people each weekend. So oh, it's 100 crap. total. Wow. I guess my memory just sees a lot more people, but it was only 50 of us. It was only 50. That's well, it's because you're seeing double when you're there. Yeah, that's true. There's plenty of drinks to be had. Um, but a really great experience, and they travel you around everywhere. You don't have to 
worry about driving or getting in any cabs. A lot of stuff's walkable. Or on your bike. Yeah, right. A lot of stuff's walkable. Like, it was a great time. Thank you. I remember we did a, a yoga thing. It's the first and only time I ever did yoga. How'd you feel about that? I was, you know, it was great. We were in this weird salt room. Was that, was that, maybe I'm mixing up trips. Room? I'm mixing up trips. This is a different trip. trips. I was not there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it was a different trip. We did a little yoga you by mean the, the pool. ocean? There was a different trip. <laughs> Whatever. We were drinking at both trips. Um, and then you still pull shifts at a bar. I do. And then you travel a ton. That's what I wanted to get to. I do. So how do you make all this work? You work two nights a week at your bar. You create these international well, events. Well, first and foremost, paper does not stack itself. So I'm just got to be out here hustling on a regular basis. Hustle is real. Paper doesn't stack itself. Shit, man. That was like... That's some real gangster shit you just dropped on us. <laughs> Steve holds no punches. <laughs> Steve pulls no punches, uh, which you're also known for. You're known in this field to be the person who speaks the truth. And yeah, and I make I make direct eye contact with too many people, and, and then they want me to tell them about themselves, and then it happens. Sometimes they cry. It's not my fault. Yeah, I do it out of love. Yeah, you look right into people. I do. That's good. I like it. We've been friends for a long time because of it, probably. Um, so so. How do you make that happen? Again, let's go back to when I said I, I, I live I, travel like, a lot. I live vicariously through your Instagram because you are all over the globe. In fact, you had a hashtag for a while, which was like 100 places I haven't been or something like that. What was that? Well, I have a goal every year. Rather yeah. than like New Year's resolutions of like, I'm not going to do that thing. I feel like that's idiotic. And also you always break those. Yeah. I just create goals for myself that things I want to accomplish. So 2016 was 100 new places. 100 new places. Because I was doing a lot of work travel, and I still do a lot of work travel, and I felt like I was going to cities, but not seeing anything culturally related. I could tell you all about the bars and the restaurants, but I couldn't tell you about any art exhibits or anything else that I holds my interest. So I said, I'm going to see 100 new places, and none of them are going to be booze-related unless it's a distillery. So I actually went to a distillery in five different countries that year. And then you went to, uh, did you meet your I goal? Went, I did. And it was all documented on your Instagram? It was. Which is what? Steal my records. <laughs> That's her Instagram handle. Yeah, it's the one from a Ryan Adams song. Yes. You know, screw all my friends, steal my records. They're all full of shit. Uh, Love it. Yeah. So 2017 was 50 new dive bars. 50 new dive bars? Mm-hmm. Uh, and how have you done so far? I I did fifty dive bars. <laughs> it was a. Oh, wait, it you was said seventeen or eighteen. Seventeen was fifty dive oh, bars. Okay, cool. Eighteen is forty shows. How come only forty? Well, because I turned forty this year. Oh, oh well, all right. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. I think that's an achievable goal. If you made a yeah. hundred new places, I think you can make a yeah. forty shows. Especially you live in Birmingham, which I think gets uh, not as, as much credit as it should get for being a, a town that's definitely got a lot of live music. We do. Like, there's a yeah, lot of venues, sure. and there's a lot of cool music that goes through there. Yeah. I lived in Birmingham many, many years ago, and it's a town that has plenty of music. It is a musically vibrant city. Yeah. We're we're very spoiled. The DIY scene in Birmingham is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're f- two hours from Muscle Shoals. So, if you're unfamiliar with Muscle Shoals, like, the Muscle Shoals sound is very famous... They produced a lot of records in the 60s and the 70s. And that sound, that sort of horn section sound, rhythm section sound, is often referred to as the muscle soul sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, Again. there were Stones records produced in Muscle Shoals. Right. Yeah, actually... Sticky Fingers. Stick, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... Very cool. Yeah. We were... We were making that kind of music before it was a huge Nashville yeah. push. You like created it and Nashville just kind of like polished it in a way. Like they like they made it like they put a bunch glossy. of glitter on it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it's edible glitter in a spray can. <laughs> <laughs> um that's that's also kind of interesting to me. Like the just because I'm a musician and I'm a big music nerd, like a lot of the I get a lot of inspiration from music when sure. I'm creating cocktails, you know? Yeah, for and, sure. Um, and there's been a lot of uh, a lot of times where you just, like, grab a quote, like, still on records, you know? Like, yeah. It's a, 
Summer Records is a great name for a cocktail, you know, and then you can like play off the content of that. Sure. I would. I always just totally like defer right back to music whenever if I'm like like kind of in a uh, if I'm having like writer's block, but for like bartenders, you sure. know, like I'm like, what? Uh, I, I need to create something. It's like I'll pick like a favorite lyric or a song title or an album title or a band name or something like that, and then like just play off that. It's it's like the surefire way to like. It's engaging. Yeah, it's it's yeah. engaging. But there's already a story built behind exactly. it, you know. Yeah. It's something it, to, something to say. Yeah, and it like activates a different part of your mind too. Right. It's like I mean, I love I love going to like, you know, oh, there's great flavors in this, I don't know, sandwich. I want to try and put that in a cocktail. There's great flavors in this beer. I want to try and put that in a drink. But like if you really are stuck like you said with writer's block, it's helpful to go completely outside of that. It's like I'm going to listen to this record I haven't listened to in like 2 years or I'm going to go to the Met and just kind of like see and see if, you know, take yourself outside of that space where you're thinking about it all the time and then see what happens. Well, that's like you're saying, like a hundred yeah. new places, you know, yeah. like, and that's, I think that's extremely important just based on what you're saying, like what we're just saying, you know, it's like, you know, taking yourself outside of the, uh, the bars and the restaurants and the distilleries and the breweries and wineries, you know, it's like getting out there and, uh, Seeing what happens outside of the bar, you know, right. we spend it, so it, much time it, inside of it. You know, you're enriching yourself. You're giving yourself some greater substance, and you're not just being this one-sided thing. Um, which I think we, you know, in any field, you fall into that trap to you get too immersed in your own thing. Mm-hmm. Steve, I'm super glad that you're on the show today. Yeah, this is great. Uh, it was Thank pretty you. short notice, uh, and I'm glad you were able to come. Yeah, uh, we had a cancellation today. Um, thanks, Colin. Um, <laughs> but I heard you were in town, and, and I just reached yeah. out to you immediately, and, and you were gracious enough to join us. So I appreciate it. This was way better than Colin, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> true that, Dave. True that. Up yours, Colin. Get involved, bruv. Um, <clears throat> upcoming guests on the show will be uh, Giancarlo Mancino from Mancino Vermouth is going to be on the show soon. Um, we got um, Eric Metzger, the photographer for my book, as well as uh, the book uh, uh, that Wiley Dufresne just put out, which, won, uh, which was nominated for an IACP award. Um, he's actually going to come in and take some photos of you and I, Damon. Cool. Uh, so we can have some headshots and cool things to use. Uh, can, we, can we swap? Can I wear your postman hat and your I'll red wear glasses? a cowboy hat? Yeah. And boots? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Anne Louise Marquis is going to be on the show. She's a dynamo and travels a lot around as well. She's in town? That's weird. Well, that's coming up. That's, I don't think she actually lives here anymore. That's out there. She bought a house. Or she bought a, um, an apartment here. Really? Purchased? Purchased. La ti da. Let's get some of that Campari that? money. She's never here. How come there's not a bottle of Campari on the bar <laughs> that we built in, in the studio She's here? She's great. She's Anne awesome. Louise is She's great. She's one of the best. Uh, another great lady, Natasha David's coming up on the show. we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Um... And I just wanted to throw out a shout out to my our buddy, uh, Jeff Morgenthaler. His book arrived in the studio today for a copy for Damon. I don't see my copy, Jeff. Um, <laughs> that's fine. I'll pick up my own. It's called Drink, uh, Drinking Distilled, a user's manual on how to drink, um, as if you didn't know already. But uh, written in the Jeff Morgenthaler's uh, characteristically sort of smarmy and witty style. Um, I haven't even cracked it open yet, but I, I look forward to reading it. And I think you should pick up a copy for yourself. Um, that's all I got for this week's show. What do you got? Yeah, that's it's. I'm very happy about the show today. Yeah, man, very good show. cool. Yeah, and we're um, drinking PJ. We're drinking, dude. You know, um, I'm just think... living like two chains over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's mine, and I spend it. Three for me, and two for the DJ. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Actually, after that, it's fucking killer. Um, no, we've got. Um, we do have a lot of uh, really great guests coming up, and we have some some fun stuff coming up. We're starting to plan for our uh, don't want to get all crazy, uh, you know. Like, oh yeah, but uh, um, in a month, in one day, uh, uh, I don't, don't want to like stress myself out, but we're gonna have the uh, Grand Army's three year anniversary. So we're gonna be uh, throwing some crazy party. It happens to be on Cinco de Mayo. And Kentucky Derby weekend, so it it literally is the trifecta, uh, the triple it, crown. And it's my birthday. And it's so. your birthday. Let me get a tequila julep up in this, dude. We're gonna we're gonna have a some sort of <laughs> oh ten out of ten would drink a tequila julep. Ten, yeah. ten. take me to there. Totally, totally happening. Um, so yeah, that's happening. And then not too far after that, uh, a little bit later in the summer, I'm already uh, I'm already planning on this. I man. see that you're, the wheels are turning. I know what you're talking about. Let it go. We got a. Uh, our 300th episode is coming up pretty soon, so uh, August. Damn. So we gotta we gotta start planning for that, and if we can do that, it's probably gonna coincide with the uh, the release of your your book. It is, yeah. If we don't blow it and miss any shows, Dave, 
Um, <laughs> I'll put this on me. Then I'll put it all on you. I'm just making sure you're listening. Uh, if we don't blow it and miss any shows, then the 300th episode will happen literally days after my book comes out. So it's going to be... A, so we can do a book party. We've got some mega parties coming up. Yeah, it's going to be the summer of parties for us. Summer of parties. Yeah, man. So we're looking forward to a lot of that. Uh, outside of that, we're also going to be doing a lot of uh, cool stuff with Heritage Radio Network. Uh, you know, we this is kind of like the beginning of our, our like summer season. Summer. Yeah. <laughs> what a funny word. Um, but uh, yeah, just looking forward to a lot of that, you know, onward and upward with uh, Heritage Radio Network and the Speakeasy. Also, um, if you didn't tune in last uh, last week, um, we have the uh, Speakeasy podcast, Instagram, which we just started up. Uh, and uh, yeah, and of course, you can always find all the information at heritageradionetwork.org and click on the bidding heart to donate to us so we can keep continuing with, uh, you know, drinking champagne in the studio. Yeah. And talking too much. Exactly. <laughs> Well, thanks, everybody. It's been a great show. Glad to have you on, Steve. Yay. Yeah, thanks for bringing the champagne. Yeah, cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in that rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you sun in the air. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.